Welcome to Jay's Talk, brought to you by Ground Rust Protection across the Sportsnet radio network. We are streaming live on sportsnet.ca and on the Sportsnet app show. Ali Ben Shulman here with you. Taking your calls and texts. Phone lines are open. 416-870-0590. star 590 on your cellular device. 590-590 is where you can text us. The people's text line is always open. And I see a lot of texts came in during the game. That's great. Text us during the game. We'll get to all of them or as many of them as we can uh, during the postgame show. And I wanted to start this afternoon right away by saying I don't think we're going to go about any Alec Manoa conversation with our hands hovering over a big red panic button or anything. It really looks like to me that he is almost battling his own mechanics to a certain degree. And Ben, we have a former MLB catcher in the booth with us, uh, a man who caught Kevin Gossman and Andrew Miller, amongst others. Uh, Caleb Joseph, thank you for sticking around for, for us for a, for a couple of minutes. We won't keep you too long. I know you got to get back to your hotel and unwind. I, I understand. <laughs> uh, we have a text here at 590-590 that came in during the game. Okay, It says, it's from Amy in Toronto. Uh, and Amy says, I wonder if you guys think the next time we see Manoa, we'll see Jano behind the plate instead of Kirk. And I thought that was an interesting text. There are actually quite a lot of texts on the text line along the same lines because you and Ben Wagner had this conversation over the past couple of days, which was, hey, Jose Barrios looked great. You give some, a little bit of that credit. A lot of the credit goes to Jose Barrios, but you give a little bit of the credit to Danny Jansen. Same goes for yesterday's game against Tuesday Kikuchi. What goes into the catcher's part of preparing for pitchers when it comes to whether they're having good games or bad games? Yeah, that's a lot. What is that pitcher doing for you lately, and I think a lot of it has to do with you look at Barrios, you look at Kikuchi, the stuff, right? Quote, the stuff has been really good. It's just been can the catcher help put them in positions to succeed? So maybe you're setting out a little bit further outside for a backdoor two seam slider, cutter, whatever it is, you've got to try and put them in a really good position. I think the challenge with Manoa is I don't think his stuff is quite there. So can you make an impact? Absolutely. Uh, can it be as big of an impact as you can with guys who their stuff is there? Probably not. So it's not as easy as just plug in a different catcher and play. Right. Uh, can they make impacts? Absolutely. But you, you're going into it and you're trying to refine a game plan. Game plan. You're trying to work your strengths versus their weaknesses, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But a lot of times when you get out there and they show you that they have an erratic fastball, you have to throw the scouting report in the trash can and start to just navigate and navigate. And that's what, you know, the more experiences you have back there, you start maybe using different pitches and different sequences and different counts that you wouldn't going into the game. Right. But you're trying as best as you can to get them through that. I actually thought Kirk did a really good job after that first inning getting Manoa through the second, third, and the fourth inning pretty much unscathed he had traffic but he did a really nice job of trying to make adjustments and I think Kirk did everything that he could at some point Manoa's got to execute his pitches so in short we like to take all the credit when it goes good we'll take no blame when it goes bad <laughs> spoken like a true catcher I like it uh, Caleb you know you're familiar with the physical toll of catching on a daily basis Danny Jansen already primarily catching three out of the five starters Really just Chris Bassett, who he's not catching all the time, and Alec Manoa. What would you think about Jansen taking on more of a workload like that? Yeah, it, you know, to have two catchers, and these are the two probably best catchers when you combine them in the big leagues together. So what you get combined is probably greater than the sum of one guy going five in a row, two in a row. You just never know. But Jano has a little bit more experience back there yet. I don't think it's anything Kirk hasn't done. I don't I don't think that you say, well, if you just put Jano in with all these other guys, he'll just magically fix them. Because the the 162-game schedule, like you said, is just it's brutal. And we saw last night's game, Jano in one inning had three foul balls to the chest, one to the, to the leg, and it, it's just a very demanding position. So they're working it the way that they need to work it, the Jays are, and they're doing a great job to have two catchers that can provide really good defense and offense kind of at times. And you start co to combine that you have a real weapon and you have a real asset there behind the plate. I wouldn't look to see that they change any of the usage up very much. It's just me because of how they complement each other so well. It's, it's a matter of, can you get the pitchers on the right track with their stuff and then allow those catchers to 
do their job in terms of sequencing and moving around the plate to put them in a position to succeed. You know, I think sometimes, Caleb, we forget that Alejandro Kirk is 24 years old. He is extremely young. He also didn't have that much, I don't know, let's call, let's call it seasoning in the minors before he was called up for, to the Blue Jays for the very first time. And he, it, felt, it looked like he raked pretty much right away. And I think that helped a lot of people forget that there's still a lot of growth there, right? I mean, even in the, a couple of seasons we have seen Kirk and listened to Kirk play for the Blue Jays, he has gotten a lot better in a lot of different ways. And at the same time, we're still... On April 16th here, there's a lot of baseball left to be played, and he still got to spring training late because, of, for, a, for a very good reason, right? His wife gave sure. birth to a healthy, uh, healthy kid. So always a great reason, but because he was late, he probably was a teensy bit behind where he himself wanted to be. What have you seen from Kirk just even in this one season in terms of growth? Because he did arrive to spring training late, and I think he's starting to catch up, if not having already caught up to guys. Yeah, with the bat especially, it feels like it's starting to produce a little bit more whip. You see his direction really starting to to level out where it needs to be in terms of using the big part of the field. I thought he made a really good throw. I think it was in... uh, Well, it was today's game. Yeah, he made a really nice throw. The arm speed's back. The velocity's back on on track with uh, his throwing with runners trying to steal bases. And I was 27 when I made it to the big leagues. And I I had caught six years in the minor leagues, 100 games every year in the minor leagues. And when I got to 30 years old, I looked in the mirror and I thought, you know what, I I finally feel like I know how to call a game in the big leagues. And that was three full seasons in the big leagues. Now, you know how to actually put fingers down and you know how to catch the ball. But in terms of the sequencing, seeing so many – patterns seeing so many of the hitters getting so accustomed to the hitters you can name a major league hitter right now and I have their little graph chart in my head of what they can do what they can't do what my pitchers can do what my pitchers can't do and that's the blend is trying to figure out pitcher strengths versus hitters weaknesses I think in the day and era of data that a lot of times it's easy to just attack hitters weaknesses right out the gate and a lot of times what you don't allow them to do is get really into a rhythm as to what they can do and make the hitters adjust off of them and that's just experiences over and over i i'm not going to say and sit here right now and say that kirk's not calling a good game right i'm not saying that The, the more that you keep doing it you just figure more things out and again there's more responsibility on them now than ever because the game is sped up the game is sped up because of the pitch timer they're having to make decisions or suggestions quote sure as fast as they can and I wondered how much that would affect the catcher position and how they had to speed up the game and make really fast decisions and I think it's a learning process and a learning curve and he's continuing to call good games but again you can call the best game ever if the pitcher isn't executing and if you call a backdoor two seam to a left-handed hitter backdoor two seam to a right-handed hitter and they they throw it four inches inside what it's not your fault so at some point the pitchers have to execute but continued seasoning behind the plate and calling pitches I think is really really important and and good for Kirk don't want to jump too far ahead but obviously uh, you're intimately familiar with Kevin Gosman and him as a pitcher he's off to a great start to the year expected to go tomorrow against Houston what kind of things do you look for with Kevin Gosman that ensures he can succeed or would put him in some trouble? Uh, the action on the split, usually he's going to throw it early. He's going to throw it often. He's throwing it a lot this season. If you see that north-south action, you're usually in for a good one. If you see it starting to tail a little bit more towards the arm side, more towards the east-west type of movement, that's when you know he might be a little bit on the side of the ball. He's just fantastic. I mean, he changes speeds with his fastball. I know a lot of people, they wonder, oh, his, his velocity seems down. Look, folks, he does that on purpose. He turns one fastball into four fastballs, and he's a veteran. He knows it's a long season. He's trying to go 200-plus innings for this rotation. He's using different fastballs as different pitches. I like the fact that he's got that that slider that he's starting to use a little bit more backdoor to the left-handed hitters. is going to play pretty big against some of those real power left-handed hitting hitters in Houston you talk about Kyle Tucker or Don Alvarez they're they're susceptible to the split yet you might be able to steal a little backdoor slider there but the fastball you know when he can get it up there and 
we've seen some really good velocity in his last start here at Rogers Center, 97-98. you got to expect that he's going to bring some of that to Houston as well. But this is a guy that, in my opinion, is the ace of the staff. He, he, you can, he's dependable. You can trust him. You know what you're going to get every time he goes out there. And he's just like fine wine. It's like he's getting better every single start. This, this is a very, very sneaky good pitcher that a lot of people tend to overlook at times. He might win a Cy Young if he keeps this pace up. He's just been phenomenal for the Blue Jays. Yeah, I've said before, Caleb, that the uh, the pitch, like the splitter from Gosman might be, and he hasn't been a Blue Jay for that long, but it might be up there with some of the best individual throws we have seen from any Blue Jays pitcher. Like you're putting it up there with pitches, like individual pitches that Roger Clemens and Dave Steve and, sure. and the greats of the Blue Jays franchise Doc. has. Yeah, Roy. exactly, Doc. All these guys, they are, they all have one or two awesome pitches that just cannot be stopped and i think gosman splitter is is right up there it, it is absolutely nasty i, I appreciate you sticking around uh when, when are you back on the broadcast uh, the seattle series i believe so okay. i believe so so bear with us you don't have to listen to me for about 10 days <laughs> you're good we uh we look forward to seeing you back here in the booth uh we'll be back here at roger center all of us here so uh have a safe flight back and uh, thanks for this game you got it enjoyed it there he goes caleb joseph the uh, color analyst here on our Blue Jays radio broadcast next to Ben Wagner. You're listening to Blue Jays Talk here on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Show Ali Ben Shulman with you. Why don't we go to the phone lines, Ben? Let's we do can it. Get, get into the, the caller's opinions on what happened in today's 8-1 to one Blue Jays loss to wrap up the series against the Tampa Bay Rays. Again, the phone lines are open, 416-870-0591, 888 Zero five ninety star five ninety on your cellular device. Five ninety five ninety is the people's text line. Billy calling in from Markham. Billy, happy Sunday. I wish I wish it was under better circumstances. I suppose. Oh, and no problem. What do you mean uh, better circumstances? That you know, Tampa Bay is, is a pretty good team. We took that's two true. of three. That's yeah. that's what we wanted, guys. I mean, uh, and you know, it's the, the, the season's going to be like this all year long. I mean, you know, uh, I'll take two out of three from that team. That's a pretty good ball club over there. Look, guys, a couple of things that I wanted to mention. The splitter. You're talking to a guy that's been to every ballpark, uh, you know, basically not around the world, but but been to Japan and Hong Kong and uh, because of my wife's heritage and, and seen a game in every stadium over there. And the splitter, the splitter, every Japanese player throws it. And, and you know, you just have to look, at, look here in the big leagues. I don't know why that pitch went away. Uh, Bruce Suter had a great one. Hanky had a great one, and then all of a sudden it started getting blamed as the um, as the pitch that hurts your arm, and and people got away with it. it uh, people got away from throwing it. It's the best out pitch in baseball, and it's not close to me. It is the the, the best out pitch. I don't know why more guys uh, don't throw it. T- to get to the game, listen, a couple of things. The Blue Jays base running, I- I've questioned it before, especially Vladdy. I think he's a little too erratic on the uh, on the bases. But today, uh, one play kind of got me off guard. And sometimes you can be too conservative. We're down 3 nothing. We're down 3 nothing. Uh, Bo goes the other way. And why are teams not putting their second baseman uh, straight up against Bo? He'll hit 400. They keep putting that second baseman over, over behind second. But Vladdy gets a base hit to right field. And uh, for some reason, I don't know why Bo stopped at second base. I think because there was nobody out. But Bo should have been standing on third base. Now, I know the final score is 8-1, but at the time it's 3-1. If he gets over the first, I don't think they're going to even try and throw, throw him out at uh, third. Bo, Bo stops at second. What happens? Chapman comes up and hits one to the wall, fly ball, and that run winds up not scoring. If that's a 3-1 or a 3-2 ball game, that kills us. Uh, I, I thought Bo should have been standing on, definitely should have been standing on third now. And I think sometimes you get too complacent. But finally, finally, thing, guys, and sometimes in a loss, you can take something out of it. And I, I know Manoa has not pitched well, and I'm, I'm starting to get into the ground of I hope this is not the next rookie Romero. But I'll, I'll tell you this. One thing I just love about Manoa, and, and I, I don't think it was explained properly, as I saw it, when the first bout of the game came up, he was the one that asked for a new ball. He said maybe trying to intimidate Manoa or trying to, you know, throw him off. And he, and he was the one that said, can you uh, give him a new ball? And what does Manoa do? Manoa says, oh, you want a new ball? Well, here, I'll show you a new ball. And he stuck it right in his ribs. 
That is old school baseball. He definitely threw at him. There's no question in my mind. And I loved it from Manoa. I just hope Manoa can get this figured out. I think he will. And uh, I think it's going to be a great season, guys. Oh, and by the way, got down to the ballpark for the first two games of this series. And my God, they've done an absolutely fabulous job. I, I, I just absolutely loved it. But everything that Mark Shapiro does, I, I love. So, uh, hey, Billy. you know what? Yeah, no worries sure. about no worries about this game. Don't worry, guys. We're, we're looking good, and we'll be just fine. Well, I appreciate it, Billy. Thank you for the call. Well, welcome back to Jay's Talk. Looking forward to hearing from you over the next little while as well. I um, uh, First of all, yes, the ballpark looks great. You and I finally, over the last couple of days, you and I went on a little our own little tour of, yeah. the, of the ballpark. It looks pretty nice. I do like the uh, the Corona patio. People are actually still up there. <laughs> that's right, that's I, I would be there. too. I, I'd still probably be playing uh, the show up at Park Social or something <laughs> like that. I I agree. It, it it does look phenomenal. That that's a huge win from the homestand. I, I like the measured the measured approach to what's going on with Alec Manoa from from Billy because I look. I, I'm going to go to the text line here, uh, sure. Ben. I see a sure. lot of text, right? A lot of text, and as you might imagine, they're like 99 percent about about Alec Manoa, right? Makes like sense. here's one from Johnny from Vancouver. Just an observation about Manoa. Seems to do fine when he's in a groove. When runners get on base, seems to get out of sorts. In the past, he used to take serious time with runners on base, tons of deep breaths, methodical intention behind each, each pitch. With the pitch timer, he doesn't have that anymore, and he bleeds out runs. He was he was an overturned call away from five innings, three earned runs today. Things didn't break right. That's right when uh, Taylor Wall uh, slid into uh, slid into second, and then he was it was he was called out. The, it was correctly overturned. overturned. It was correct. I, I agree. It was correctly overturned. Maybe the the bigger bases combined <laughs> with his like oven mitt did did uh, make that a uh, an overturned call versus last year. Who knows? But I like the uh, I like the text from Johnny. It ends with. We'll take two of three from the Rays every time, which does echo what Billy says. I think that's the correct way to look at it. And like I said to start off, I'm not sounding the panic button when it comes to Alec Manoa yet. But there's undoubtedly something is off with him, whether it's his mechanics, whether he's gained a little weight, whether he needs to change a little bit of how his delivery, his release point, whether if it's any of those things. he And like you said in the pregame show, he was due for some regression, but I, I, I am surprised it's this much so far. Yeah, yeah, I think everyone is. I mean, his ERA is near seven, and this is a guy who, in his career, has essentially pitched to you know a sub three ERA. So, it, it, it's concerning. I, I am, I am pleasantly a little bit surprised because I understand emotions run high after games by everyone's wide view approach. I mean, I, I agree. You know, you take two out of three from the Rays. Also, if you're gonna have a blow up day. I think you may as well do it when Shane McClanahan's pitching because yeah. it's unlikely you are going to win anyway. I mean, McClanahan was nuts today. But it's concerning to me, I think, because the problems seem to be the same. Like, just the, the lack of consistency. And he's mentioned that he's he's searched for some consistency in his mechanics so far. You know, at the same time, Sandy Alcantara has an ERA near six. I don't think he's going to end with an ERA like that this year. So it, it's something that... You know, if it at all starts trending in the right direction, I think you stop worrying about it. Caleb was saying a lot that he thinks it's a lower body issue with the mechanics, mm-hmm. and, and in his experience, that was an easy fix. He knows better than both of us, I would say. You know, if he thinks that that's something that can be solved quickly, that's probably a good sign. On, on the note of the pitch clock, we'll have to wait and see what they say. I would say if you're a Blue Jays fan, maybe don't hope that the pitch clock is the issue because everyone's pitching with the pitch clock. And that's not really going to change. So, you know, if that is the issue, then that could take a lot. I don't know if that would be a mindset thing or or truthfully, you know, just a a quickness thing. I would say a lot of the younger guys typically pitch quicker, especially guys who went to college, the college game, uh, the the head coaches, not managers in the college game, the head coaches tend to emphasize working with a lot of pace. And, and Manoa went to West Virginia where I believe that would have been the case, but We'll have to wait and see, you know, as the season continues. It is, at the end of the day, only four starts. However, you know, it's a, a collection of four of, of the least productive starts of Alec Manoa's career. And you have to imagine with how good he's been, how driven he's been early in his career, that, you know, he, he wants to go fix this as soon as possible. And we'll be diving into the tape with Pete Walker and others to try and figure out what's going on. I see a text here from Stephen in Iqaluit, and I know I know Stephen's usually I think in Williams Lake, but in Iqaluit now. But um, 
He says, probably lots of Manoa talk today, but I think the organization has put a bit too much pressure on him, making him the number one. He clearly isn't handling it well. Thoughts on that? So here's the thing. I I don't know if it's, it is too much pressure. I don't know if I agree with that, if only because we have seen him in pressure-packed moments. Yeah. And he has come through, I would say... In the regular season, at least, more often than not. We only really have one postseason thing to, to judge him on. And granted, it was not great. It could first start against Seattle last year. So I totally get people looking at the pressured pack situations and say, okay, well, he hasn't delivered. But, you know, I mean, his very first start of his career was in Yankee Stadium. Yankee Stadium. It was and great. Was, and he was yeah, phenomenal. He was so great. I, I do, I, you know, kind of take a little bit of good with the bad there. Yeah, it's hard, you know. In a way, he's pitched himself into pressure. Like, regardless of whether he started the first game of the season or not, at least I think both of us don't put as much weight into that as some other people do because by midseason it doesn't really matter. Right, right. But, I probably, you know, it's so tough because it's hindsight. I'm saying this now. Like, this question wasn't asked before the season. In my current brain now, I'm thinking, why not start Kevin Gosman sure. for, and line him up for both the home opener and the opener of the season? He's a proven guy coming off a good year, you know, in his 30s, has been uh, an, an opening day starter before for the Orioles. And, you know, that felt like an easy fit. At the same time, Alec Manoa was the best pitcher on the staff last year. Like you mentioned, he's been in pressure situations. He's a guy that they want to keep happy because they want him to sign here. So a, a vote of confidence in him is a good thing. I mean, when he struggled today in the first, Pete Walker didn't go out and, like Ben said, give the gospel like John Gibbons had been known to <laughs> time to time. He went out and encouraged him. At the end of the day, he's someone you know that they're trying to build up, that, that they – like for obvious obvious reasons regardless of these struggles and I think many Jays fans would agree they want Alec Minot to have a positive feeling about it and and sometimes that comes down to it too because I I do sometimes wonder if the organizations really put that much weight into who's starting opening day either at the end of the day you know it's it's a face on a ticket it, it might be a program but in July in August it doesn't matter that much Jose Barrios wasn't the ace of the staff in July or August last year just because he started the opening day of the season. So I, I I, kind of agree, but at the same time, don't really think that that's the reason that all of this is happening. And at the end of the day, he was in a high-pressure spot to begin with. Let's go back to the phone lines. 416-870-0590, star 590 on your cellular device. Where always trips me up, cellular. I'm just going to say on your cell phone. Yeah, from, it's, from, we, we, from, or from, phone, uh, man. Or you phone. Can, I think you You're can right. say phone. This is true. We, we don't have to the specify cell phones. Landlines Land are pretty much, is, yeah, I think, are more or less uh, gone the way of the dodo. Uh, Russ calling in from New Jersey. Russ, welcome back to Jay's Talk. How are How are things out in New Jersey today? Good, good. You know, I was at Alex first first start this year I flew into St. Louis for that right. game so it's it's it, it's funny because you have your ups and downs even today you know he loads the bases and he gives up the walk to Franco and it's one nothing there's nobody out. and then he gets two outs and then he gets it wasn't the hardest hit ball and it's and it's three nothing and then you know he got out of trouble um you know a couple of those innings and then he gets fifth and he strikes out the first two guys and you just expect him the last year at Manoa just to finish the guy you know finish the inning and no problems and it just doesn't happen couple things first of all you know I, I by the way I agree with you who cares who started the first game no one's gonna remember in two weeks from now no one cares it's just a home home start but the slider uh I think if I'm not mistaken he got maybe one or two swings swing and misses on the slider which was a big pitch for him um to get out to get to you know to to, to get to get out of so you know, uh, you know. Obviously, something's not right. Um, no one should be pushing the panic button. That, you know, four games into the thing, that, that's a little concerning. I could say that six of the sixteen games this season, the Blue Jays have given up eight runs or more. Now they've won two of them, so that's not bad. But they've given them eight runs or more in six of the first sixteen games. So, you know, obviously it's early. Um, you know, ten and six will take all day long. And, you know, go to Houston, go to the Yankees, you know, play the Yankees. It's going to be an interesting next six games. We're 10% through the season right now. So, and uh, listen, I, I think this team, you know, you'd rather have this, guys. I think you would agree because you think Manoa will figure it out than go through what we went through last with Kikuchi, who's been pretty good, and Barrios, who hasn't been. But uh, you, you do think Manoa will figure it out. And let's hope he does. And, uh, 
you know, we go into Houston, win a couple games in the series. So thanks for taking my call. But uh, that's that's my play on Manoa. Hey, appreciate it, Russ. Hey, Russ, before I let you run, uh, real quick, I do want to ask: uh, three games in Houston, three games in New York as the next two series. Uh, what what is an acceptable record on a road trip like that for you? Oh gosh, that that that's that's a hard one to say. You know, you, you want listen, you listen, you want you want you want to say four and two, right? You want to right, say right. four and two because everyone wants to win. You know the two series, but you, you know you're going to go through. Listen, every team, you know, goes through it during the season where you lose a series. It really, you know, if you lose a game, you know, if Barrios goes out there and loses a game three to two, you might be really happy with that because you know Chapman, Guerrero, Bichette—they're not going to hit 450 the whole year, okay? But if you get a good start from Kikuchi and a good start from Barrios, and you lose a series, I think you'll take that because hey, you might have. You know, you might have won. You know, you might have won. You might have won in the bigger picture of hey, they're pitching well. So, it, we, it, obviously, four and two. If you go three and three and two and four, would be disappointing. But it really how it goes down. Like I said, if you get good pitching from those two guys and you lose, you'll still be happy because you'll say, okay, I know my bats are not going to be sleeping every night because we have too good of a lineup to hit. So that's it's just the way the games play out. If that makes any sense. Yeah, I like it, Russ. Thanks for the call, man. I appreciate you joining us here on Jay's Talk. What do you think, Ben? Yeah, that's pretty pro-level stuff right yeah. there. I mean, trends over results, and we might have to open up a third chair, not to mention that uh, <laughs> he nearly eyeballed the whiff count on the slider. It was two, not one swing okay. and miss. Right. But, I mean, considering he threw 28, six were called strikes, and then two whiffs. Contact on seven of the nine, and three of those went in play, four foul balls. I mean, that... You know, that is is a bit concerning. That slider should be wipeout. But I do somewhat agree at the same time with the thinking that, you know, hey, Manoa's not going to pitch to a 7 ERA this year, most likely. The Blue Jays are 10-6 and six despite not getting contributions or major contributions from the guy they started opening day. There are definitely worse spots to be in, I think. So, you know, it, it's... It's concerning when you see the big misses, which I feel like really we weren't used to. Uh, you know, the waste pitches as uh, Caleb was talking about them, and I believe that's that's what the uh, advanced analytics would classify some of the pitches that miss a certain distance out of the zone. But at the same time, I agree. You know, the, the trends would say that Alec Manoa probably is going to get it back on track, at least to a certain extent, uh, and lock some good innings for the Blue Jays this year. Well, the slider is something that has looked a little concerning so yeah. far, right? Like more, more all the pitches, and again, we talked about this in the pregame show, but the Eno Saris metric at Fangraphs about stuff plus in, yes. in terms of dis- discussing and describing how effectively how nasty any given pitch is. And you look at Alec Manoa's his, uh, four-seam fastball, you look at him trying to find the list here, the sinker, the slider, and the change. And you, he has the metrics going back to 2021 when he made his debut. So you look at the numbers year over year over year, and it's been a, it's a relatively small sample size in 2023 so far but while that the change actually is a positive a positive uptick and that might change after today but coming into today's game while all of them have a, a, a couple ticks below where they were in 2022 the slider is way down there and even in today's ball game he gets the he hangs a two strike slider in the first inning and it gets not two runs get knocked in off yeah effectively right so i it's 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 hard to hard to parse out because he was so effective using the slider last year and it's just is it a is is the pitch clock rushing him is it a location thing is it a mechanics thing it's kind of hard to put your finger on right away because you know it was such a nasty pitch last year yeah and another thing too that that's working against him Caleb talks about you know the sophomore slump or or what's what's going on in a you know one and a half seasons down in a third season or second season however you want to classify it. Alec Manoa pitches today. There's six guys batting left-handed in the lineup. He doesn't traditionally throw sliders to lefties. So all of a sudden, someone who's used to throwing multiple sliders every AB or every plate appearance for the other team, now he's having to think a little bit more about what he's doing. He's having to maybe throw his changeup more. I mean, he threw 18 changeups today. That's a lot. Uh, That's at least the Statcast numbers, and sometimes they have a difficult time differentiating between sinker and changeup, but... 18 changeups seems like a lot. He's going to need to have an effective changeup probably going forward, which for the most of the last two years, he was pretty fastball slider. I mean, he had the two-seam sinker and the four-seamer, but it was fastball slider pretty much just 
the four-seamer and sinker to lefties. Now he's feeling like the changeup likely has to be used a lot more. And, hey, maybe with the slider struggling, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe he can find some comfort in that changeup, you know, have a, like a bit of a new mindset over a new pitch and perhaps find a new way to get guys out. But he, he's not being given the same opportunities. When, when it's your first half season or even when you've only pitched a half season in the league, right. teams might not say, okay, well, we should throw a ton of lefties yet because there isn't a, small, a big enough sample yet to know. But now he's pitched a year and a half, and teams understand – how to construct lineups against him, probably no one better than Kevin Cash in the Tampa Bay race. I thought the velo on the fastball looked better today. It was good. That was something that we were a little concerned about over the first, maybe not after the first start, because maybe the excitement for the season opener had him had him a little up a little bit. After that, it was was not where it was, and today I thought it was actually not too bad. Yeah, it was up today by about a mile per hour. Averaged uh, 93.5 on the season, was averaging about 92.5. It's good. Yeah, certainly, but we talked about in the pregame. I mean, he's still – he's not throwing 97, 98 yeah. like a Gosman can. Well, so, McClanahan did often Mc, today. Yeah, McClanahan, who is legitimately, like, this is 100% the hardest-throwing lefty starter in baseball. It's yeah. uh, They put the numbers up on the television broadcast today on Sportsnet. Kikuchi's third, which is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, who was second? Oh. Was it Lizardo. Oh, Lizardo. Was, oh, really? Lizardo, wow, yeah. okay. Right. Uh, I, there's a chance Sale, who I believe is now hurt again, Oh gosh. maybe wouldn't have qualified for that list. Right. I, don't, I don't know how many innings he needed to throw. Rodon's probably up there, too, I bet. But he's also But hurt. he also hasn't qualified <laughs> yeah, yeah. yet, yeah. But, you know, you, you face McClanahan with 98. That's, that's gas. It, it sounds like 93 is gas. Don't get me wrong. It, it's incredibly hard. But today's major leaguers are, are somewhat used to that. So he, he has to have – one of, if not both, of the slider and changeup working. And, you know, it, it, that's his main pitch. You figure at some point he'll find some comfort with it. And I'm sure, you know, this is as big of a project as Pete Walker has right now. I, I bet those two are going to spend a lot of time. Not to mention, you know, I know some people calling for Jansen, but Alejandro Kirk really catches two guys primarily right now. Bassett, who has two good starts in a row, mm-hmm. and Manoa, who's struggling. I'd imagine Kirk is going to spend a lot of his time, maybe while he's DHing or having days off and Jansen's catching, trying to figure out ways that he can help Manoa too and, and that these guys can build you know, a partnership that will help them retire the New York Yankees next week. I uh, wanted to play a little bit of audio before we take a quick break, Ben. Uh, John Schneider did do his post-game availability downstairs, and he did, of course, talk about the struggles of Alec Manoa. Let's hear a little bit from the skipper, John Schneider, talking about Alec Manoa a couple minutes ago. I mean, I think I don't think it's so much mechanics. It's just it was just kind of command, you know. That that kind of comes and goes. I thought his mechanics were good. I thought his stuff was good, um, but you know, thirty-five pitch first inning and. You, know, you hit a guy, you walk a couple, um, almost skated out of it. And I don't think it's mechanics. I think it's just him just, you know, being in the zone a little bit more. For him to really kind of get rolling, it's just like strike one, strike two out of, out of the first three pitches. So um, you can really say that about anybody. But I think when he's in the zone, his stuff just plays really well off one another. That does not sound to me, Ben, like a manager who is all that worried about Alec Manoa. I will say John Schneider has Pretty much entirely for his 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 relatively short managerial career has been pretty even keeled. It's a cool, like, yeah. Number. He's not he's not someone who has ever sounded like he he has the hand over the panic button. But even there, in what he said, I I just don't ever get the sense that he is willing to pull. It's not really pull the plug, but like I had seen a text here. I'm, I forget where it is right now, but there was a text. I think it was from Tony in Kitchener. And uh, Tony's a frequent texter, and I appreciate it. But Tony's suggestion was maybe send him down to Buffalo on an IL stint. And like I, unless he is actually injured and he's like hiding it somehow, or they haven't discovered some kind of injury, and I suppose it's possible. It seems unlikely. I don't think they'd be letting him pitch as much as they do if he was actually injured. So if if that's not the case, and I know there's like the phantom IL stint we've seen for a lot of pitchers over the past yeah. couple of years, I don't think that's happening to Alcano. No. I'm barring an actual injury. I, I don't think there are many. Phantom IL stints in April in general. No, I mean, that's I, also you know, true. I, I, yes. I know that there was uh, speculation around different people getting them last year on different teams. I'm not, I'm not talking Blue Jays in general, but uh, even those probably waited until July or something like that. And, you know, I'm not sure the Blue Jays are a better team if Mitch White or, or whoever or Trent Thornton or whoever you want to pick is starting or Drew Hutchison maybe uh, is starting in place of Alec Manoa. So at this point, yeah, that, that probably feels a little drastic. And you know, for John Schneider, he, he, it's understandable that he's not freaking out. He's someone who 
made his chops or got his chops kind of in the minor leagues with a lot of young players. Alec Manoa is the age of many minor league players. The, the high A team I worked for last year had 24-year-old pitchers right, on it. Right. These guys go through stretches. The, the reason that he can even be up here is he's so immensely talented. And, and some of the callers echoed that today. I mean, there were stretches where all of a sudden – Alec Manoa was Alec Manoa again, whether it was the back-to-back strikeouts in the first with the bases loaded or the strikeouts to start the fifth or the work he did around traffic in the second and third. But he's a young guy, and consistency is the main thing you trade for talent on cheap contracts when you rely upon young people. Manoa has given them a ton of consistency, a huge surplus of it so far, and because of that, you know, sometimes things tilt back in the other direction. That is Ben Shulman. I'm Show Ali. You're listening to Blue Jays Talk here on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and across the Sportsnet radio network. We are streaming live on Sportsnet.ca and on the Sportsnet app as well. We're going to step aside, take a very quick break. When we come back, I see a couple calls on hold. Stay on the line. Ian and Clifton will get you after the break. Do the Bet365 standings update as well and take a look around the AL East. But you're listening to Jays Talk. Show and Ben with you on the Sportsnet radio network. Welcome back to Jay's Talk here on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Show Ali, Ben Shulman with you until the bottom of the hour. Still some time to uh, send us some texts or phone calls. Text line's always open. The people's text line, I should say. 590-590 is where you can text us. 416-870-0590. 590 Star 590. Those are the numbers to call if you want to weigh in on today's 8-1 to loss. Jay's losing to the Rays to wrap up the series uh let's get to before we go back to the text line and go back to the phone lines as well see a couple guys on hold thank you for holding gentlemen we will get to the major league standings watch presented by bet 365 with bet 365 you can even make a bet while the game's still being played 19 plus play responsibly ontario only so here's how things shake out in the al east right now the yankees raise both one uh, the Red Sox won as well in a very quick one, less than a sub two hour game bet. One fifty seven. My goodness. Like Justin also, Justin Turner apparently hit a home run in that game. If you had asked me I'm not kidding, if you had asked me what team Justin Turner played for <laughs> like an hour ago, I would have said, I have no idea. He's like their cleanup hitter. <laughs> yeah, that's that is shocking. I actually can't believe Justin Turner played for the He's actually not, Sox. but he's like their fifth hitter. Uh this is how things shake out on the AL East. Tampa with the win, fourteen and two. Both the Yankees and the Jays are 10-6. and six. Baltimore, they are playing the White Sox right now. They are currently 8-7 and seven entering play in Boston with the win. They are 508-8. The Yankees, by the way, they won 2-0. DJ LeMahieu and Garrett Cole powering the Yankees to a win effectively. DJ LeMahieu with an RBI single and a solo home run. So all the offense coming from DJ LeMahieu and all the pitching coming from Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole had a complete game shutout. He let up two hits, ten strikeouts, and just one walk. So I don't know if that makes him – I know it's April 16th, so I don't know if there really is what, the a, Cy Young a Cy favorite. Young favorite. But got like a .960, all right? Maybe it's him. Maybe <laughs> it, it's Garrett Cole. That's pretty wild. It helped. I, I will say probably on the betting websites, I would I would guess he's probably the, the Cy Young favorite, if that counts. Right, right. Yeah, you know what? Vegas typically knows. Vegas does they typically do. knows, but uh, they do. so does Bet365, which is uh, our sponsor for the Major League Standings Watch. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines. 416-870-0590, star 590 on your cell. Ian joining us from Brampton. Ian, thank you for holding. Welcome to Talk. Thanks, gentlemen. I uh, just have a quick question for you guys. What do you think is going on with Manoa? Is it uh, the change in pitch sequence? Or fastball location. What do you guys think? Because we were in the outfield today, so we couldn't see too much. Um, I also want to give uh, kudos out to Rogers for the renovations they did. They were absolutely incredible and created an absolutely great family atmosphere out in the outfield. Uh, And just to finish off, my son just wants to say something. He was at the game with me. Sure. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go. Let's go. I like it. Thank you, young Ian. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thank you for joining us here on Jay's Talk. I, uh, I'm glad they uh, enjoyed their time here at Rogers Center. It does look very nice, like we said before. I, You know what? One thing we haven't talked a lot about when it comes to Alec Manoa is he got, he did get a little squeezed today in a couple of like – he, he had some. He had issues. I'm not. I'm not going to try and. Excuse and he had some those. big misses. And he had some misses. He did the 1,000. percent But he did get squeezed a little bit. And one one thing about Alec Manoa, I've 
always loved is when he struggles, Ben, he still shows the, like, the fiery spirit. He gr- grits it out, guts it out on the mound. He, he never really lets a lot of things get to him. And I, I'm not saying he did today, but it, it definitely seemed like he was a little bit less fiery, perhaps, than he, we are used to. Yeah, the game started out poorly, and, and it felt like just it was it was inconsistency with mechanics that led to big misses in the first inning. Most of his big misses came initially, and you know perhaps it was the fact that you know he hits the first batter, then walks another. I mean, really quickly he ends up with two guys on, nobody out. But it, he just didn't seem comfortable. He had that balk where his footing landed wrong. He had some other pitches where he fell off to the side almost. I wouldn't go full Mitch Williams, but I mean he was falling to the side a lot more than you would usually see out of an Alec Manoa, and it, he just doesn't seem as comfortable right now yeah, as yeah. usual. And and he's not someone who's thrown thousands upon thousands upon thousands of innings in his career like Kevin Gosman let's say you know he threw just over or fewer than 100 innings in all of his college seasons then made nine minor league starts from 2019 to 2021 nine total total yeah because 2020 he couldn't do anything but he somehow still got significantly better credit to him in the meantime and then he threw 111 last or two years ago like 111 and then 190 something so he just doesn't have that much time doing it and it's understandable if you know after some time off not a guy who's gone through many off seasons yet either that things just aren't lining up the exact way they were before he's not in mid-season form right now and that can be more glaring on a young guy than an older guy uh clifton in etobicoke clifton thank you for holding here on jay's talk i appreciate you sticking around i see you're you are not one who is worried about alec manoa no and i don't know about you guys man but I've always believed that pitchers especially need to experience some kind of adversity in order to take it to the next level. And there's no doubt in my mind that this is one of those guys that is going to make that adjustment. You know, I don't know if you guys remember, uh, I think it was 2016, when Marcus Stroman was struggling. And people were calling, you know, for the team to send him back down to the minors and he stayed right here at the major league level and straightened out all those issues. And this guy was a beast down the stretch. And I think Manoa is the same type of person. And, you know, every time I hear Manoa in interviews and stuff like that, you can tell that this guy has a real good grasp of what this game is all about and that you make your name in the playoffs. You know, like... You don't want to be a great regular season pitcher and then have nothing left in the playoffs. And I would not be surprised if he's just taking his time to get ready for the stretch run. Don't use up all his you know, energy here in May, April, May. Save it for the stretch run and into the playoffs. So I'm in no way worried about uh, Manoa because this guy, this guy's the real deal. Hey, Clifton, I thank you for joining us on Jay's Talk. I appreciate the measured words. Uh, you think Clifton, Clifton said uh, to take it to the next level, so I appreciate the uh, the, the, the synergy oh, with yeah. the, Blue Jays, uh, <laughs> the Blue Jays hashtag. But, hey, it's true. I think there's there's a lot of baseball left to be played. One thing Clifton mentioned, actually, Ben, was uh, hearing Alec Manoa speak to the media in, in various interviews. Uh, we do have a clip from Alec Manoa's media availability. Let's hear it, and then we'll get back to talking about his outing today. Not going back to the drawing board. Uh, felt really good out there. You know, uh, fastball velocity was was pretty good. Uh, felt like some of my pitches were pretty sharp. Um, just got to continue to go out there and give this team a chance. And I didn't do that today. Um, so I got to go out there and compete. Um, you know, continue to command the zone better, uh, mix my pitches better, and and uh, and yeah, just uh, get this get this thing going. That is uh, Alec Manoa speaking to the media. He also said a little later on, uh, "I've had my butt kicked." Plenty of times, so getting my butt kicked out of baseball fields is a lot better than the other times I've gotten my butt kicked. I'm here right now, and I'm going to keep fighting my way out. I've got a lot in the tank. I've just got to go out there and start throwing some punches 
instead of wearing them. So, hey, maybe that's some of that fiery uh, spirit. It, it sounds like he had a little bit of attitude with the media. And you know what? I have no problem with that because that attitude is kind of a bit of what makes Manoa Manoa. Yeah, and at the same time, it wasn't like he shirked responsibility. Sure. I mean, yeah, he, yeah. he said you know, he doesn't want to go back to the drawing board and the fact that he's not going to change the type of pitcher he is. And, and I don't think that that's what he needs to do at the same time. So it's understandable. He kind of said it's about command. If his pitches are located well – they were great last year, and they might look a little worse on Stuff Plus right now, but I thought there were some sharp sliders today at times, and there certainly were some effective fastballs and change-ups. So it's a lot about repetition. It's a lot about, you know, I think him just executing on a pitch-by-pitch basis. At the end of the day, it's it's one of those things that's difficult because there's not much more we can say about it, but to a certain extent, it's just about performing on the field when the ball's in your hand. And like he said, he just hasn't done that yet, but that doesn't mean he won't do it in the future I liked Clifton's uh, Marcus Stroman comparison, and, and I, I said it before, and I don't want to like over, you know, project, but at the same time, I still think back to Roy Halladay, who you know had a great 1999 season as a 22-year-old, came out in 2000, put up a 10.64 ERA. I believe it is in terms of innings pitched. I, I read his book, so I, this could be wrong, but I thought it was. Among pitchers with 65 innings pitched in a season, I believe it's the worst single-season ERA ever because you usually don't get to at least 60 innings and maintain an ERA that high. And Roy Halladay is, you know, if he's not second to Dave Steve, he's the best pitcher of all time to wear a Toronto Blue Jay jersey. So, yeah, I think there's plenty of time for Manoa to bounce back. I think, you know, it's good that he hasn't lost confidence and at the same time, though, recognizes that there needs to be, you know, a, a change and a big uptick. And everything in his career has pointed that it'll probably come. I think we have probably covered the uh, which I would say so. of, of Alec Manoa's outing today. I uh, We have a couple minutes left, uh, Ben. Before, before we go, I wanted to get to a couple other things, including the bullpen. And I actually see a text here, uh, super impressed. There's no name on this one. I think it's from Jared. But super impressed with the bullpen today. Five strikeouts, one hit, two runs on four and a third innings of work. You'll take that any day of the week. And so we basically ended up seeing, let's see, Tim Meza, Zach Pop, Trevor Richards, and Anthony Bass. Bass. That's right. Bass that was the one run. Up. And Bass let up the run at the very end, like the top of the yeah, ninth inning. Was, I mean, Unfortunate. Probably, like, shouldn't have been a double on the yeah. first one if the ball's cut off better yeah. than a bloop right down the line. Really feel for Anthony, who doesn't seem to be getting a lot of luck right now. You know who has been performing very well is Trevor Richards. Like, I know people are kind of quick to get on him because he, 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 had a, he struggled to a degree last year. He doesn't have any options. So for him to be sent down would effectively mean putting him on waivers. And I have a feeling he probably would be claimed by, by, by someone. I don't know who, but yeah. someone in the priority would probably claim him. He has played... I think, at the very least, well enough to justify why he is still a member of the bullpen. Because I know there's a lot of people calling for, bring up Nate Pearson, bring up Yosfer Zulueta, bring up any of these guys. And, I'm, you know, there's a good chance we see both Pearson and Zulueta at some point this sure. season. But uh, Jay Jackson, he's down there as well. Bring up all these guys. There's a good chance we see a lot of these guys. But Trevor Richards, so far... I think has shown why he is still on this team because he's been playing pretty well. Yeah, and he provided length today too, which I'm not sure how many guys right now in the Blue Jays' pen. They're nastier than before. They've picked up swing and miss relievers. They necess- they haven't necessarily added any length to their bullpen. If anything, I, I think they've taken some away oh, from yeah, it. Yeah. Trevor Richards picking up two innings today. Low leverage, uh, low leverage, admittedly. Certainly, right? certainly. But you need low leverage guys that can – provide bulk was that necessarily the intention when they traded rowdy telez to pick him up no but you have to deal with the cards that you have right now and currently trevor richards occupies a couple roles that probably the zuoletas and the pearsons of the world don't which is specialist towards lefties with the change and caleb mentioned today really effectively locating his fastball to help that change up out and then the length so I, i think those guys have a time to come up i'm not sure it's in replacement of Richards. Actually, I think it's Pop who's probably sure. fighting, you know, he has Pop options. quite yeah. publicly the last guy named to the roster. I mean, that's not that's no Hey, he's secret. been great, I think. He has been very good. And 
again, also not necessarily in leverage. Like his, the, yeah. the context of his innings uh, is probably necessary, but his ERA starts with one, so when, you have to be happy with that also. When Mitch White comes up, I think this is going to be a conversation we're, we're going to have to have again. He's getting closer so to returning. So he provides length, which and is he's the, the length guy, yeah. Like the, the long guy right now effectively is Trevor Richards. He's, yeah, he's the guy who can take you deepest. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he, could, he went two today. I think you could realistically throw him three innings in a game. I probably wouldn't mm, go yeah. further than that. But yeah, you could. That is an interesting discussion. Do you give up Richards, who's a lefty specialist, but not you know at the same time, like we both said, not exactly a leverage reliever? Would you give him up for a guy who can provide even more length in Mitch White? You know, Mitch White's there. A lot of people don't think about this, but I still think a long man is necessary when your starter, you know, could potentially get rocked. And the Blue Jays have had some volatile starts to begin the year from different people. You might need a guy who can go four or five innings, and Mitch White could provide that. Yeah, he's that guy. I don't think he is supplanting anyone in the starting rotation no. anytime soon, and it doesn't seem to be a, a large sense that Hyunjin Ryu is going to be, if not knocking someone out, but you know, being added to the bullpen, let's say maybe it's a sixth rotation guy and you're giving some guys some days of rest, but then again, do you want to upset the the – the scheduling and the rhythm of having guys already kind of sort of locked into five days. And I, I also am not sure he and Ryu returns before the all-star break anyway. Yeah, that's, he, that's a huge just, maybe. Yeah, I think like if he does, then that means things have gone exceptionally well. If he doesn't, it means things are probably on track for him to return yeah. after the all-star break anyways. Um, before we break here, Ben, we have a couple minutes. I see a text, Kyle and Woodstock. Hey, guys, loving the show so far this season. My favorite thing about this team is the professionalism and attention to detail. They look like they are still having a lot of fun, an, uh, an aura of maturity with this team. Even in a loss, they don't seem to stray from their identity. I'm looking forward to watching this team grow as the season goes on, and they're going to have to continue using that maturity. I like the point from Kyle, first of all. But they're going to have to continue using that maturity in Houston and New York in the next couple of series here. Certainly. I mean, all the all the words coming out of spring training were attention to detail, focus, business-like attitude. This team clearly understood that while last year they harnessed a lot of talent, there, there was a difference between them and some of the teams that they saw succeed in the playoffs. I mean, I think of a team like the Guardians who really with discipline – or a team like the Rays with discipline, professionalism, and consistency can play well above their talent level. Now when you mix the talent that the Blue Jays have, which is top tier, with that consistency, that's when you get some of the most successful teams of all time. So I, I agree. I mean, it's a, it's a big shift, it feels like, to, you know, it's great to be the fun young team, but at a certain point, you want to be the business-like team, like the murderer's row, where you come into town and – and people just say, oh, the Blue Jays are doing it again. 12 hits, 14 hits. Yeah. They're yeah. a machine. They win every day. That's that's the type of stuff that I think you aspire to be. Uh, you know, an identity that the New York Yankees for a lot of their history have held. Uh, an intentional business-like attitude. And the more the Jays do that, I think the better it serves them. And we will get to see if they can take some of that attitude into Houston and later New York this coming week. That's Ben Shulman. I'm Show Ali. Thanks for listening to Blue Jays Baseball brought to you by Crown Rust Protection. Did you know spring is the best time of year to protect your vehicle from rust? Find out why and book your appointment today at crown.com. Crown, Canada's number one rust protection. For my partner, Ben Shulman, for Ben Wagner, Caleb Joseph, Tom Young, Connor Lamont, Armin Zargarian, that does it for Jays Talk. We appreciate the interaction. Love the calls. Love the texts as always. Jays wrapping up the series. With an 8-1 to loss to the Rays, they do take two of three and win the series regardless. Next, they are off to Minute Maid Park to take on the Astros. Kevin Gosman will head to the mound tomorrow on Monday. Ben and I actually have Jay's talk for the whole Astros series and oh, the yeah. pregame. Blair and Barker will be back on Friday for the Yankees series. Very much looking forward to it. We'll talk to you then.